Listen to ordinary people who lead extraordinary lives. Their leadership styles forever impressed in the hearts and minds of people, be it in their professions, personal life, and or in communities by being an example of greatness. Be inspired by these personal stories and prepare to be moved and motivated as Maurice Manley II, the serial entrepreneur, interviews present and future icons. Challenge yourself to recognize the leader that lives within so that you may continue to grow and experience amazing things in life. We are all capable of leadership. Take charge and lead up. You are listening to episode number 18, a relationship designed to win. For those of you looking to thrive in a loving romantic relationship, you will definitely enjoy this discussion. I had the honor of sitting with criminal defense trial attorney Austin Dove and his wonderful wife, state assembly member of the 54th district, Sydney Camlogger. They share their brilliant strategies such as creating arguments with one another so that the relationship doesn't become boring and how they resolve those same arguments with love. This dialogue is one to pay attention to. I now present to you Austin Dove and Sydney Camlogger. Welcome to another episode of Lead Up. I'm doing a special episode this evening. Two great friends of mine, Austin Dove, Sydney Camlogger, married couple. Never had couples on the show before. You probably never will you again. You never will after this. <laughs> we don't burn the house down. No, this is going to be fun. It's interesting because it's stretching my normal platform and what I do. Yeah. Because I normally just interview one person. And as you know, it's about leadership. But this one, which I think is important, is about uh, relationship leadership and how you guys lead within a relationship. And... You and I, Austin, we talk about this all the time as it pertains to relationships and the roles that are taken or not taken in a relationship. Yeah, passive, aggressive, true, right, traditional, functional. There's and, all kind of ways we do relationships. And, 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 and so roles. me being an outsider and an observer of you guys as it relates to your relationship, it's, to me, my humblest opinion, it is the ideal type of relationship. I think that people should strive for it because it's fun. There's a love. There's enthusiasm. Every time you guys are with each other, you must and have him on retainer as long as you <laughs> give him money every month. He's to say that. No, it's it's no, it's real. No, because he and I have very intimate yeah. conversations and about. You know we have real conversations. Like that's what you're gonna get is real. So I'm. He's telling you what you tell your boys is the actual real. <laughs> I know. And no, so. It, he doesn't have any incentive to be like, let me come over here and pop this one up because this is a real, true event. Wow. And he's talking yeah. about, and he knows that relationships are inherently tough. They're tough. I mean, so, me coming out of a relationship, out of a marriage, eight years, I can attest to the difficulties of it. Uh, so let's dig in. How do you guys, as a married couple, address roles? This is a big issue between couples. 
who's responsible for what, who's supposed to do what, the expectation of each other. Mm. The man is supposed to take out the trash and the woman is supposed to cook or clean. What, how do you guys address those issues? Mm. Mm. Uh, well, you know, I think it, it, uh, our, we have a kind of a mission purpose. Like we're kind of mission centered or mission focused. So like at any given time, um, I could be doing something that might seem like a traditionally, you know, um, something that the woman or the wife would be more inclined to do. Um, caretaking for kids, cooking, um, running errands, picking things up, um, being the, the cheerleader for the kids or whatever, you know, all these roles are roles that I think have, have kind of are, are more and more often beginning to escape kind of gender norms. Um, and, and, and for us, I think what we really do is like, what, what's functional, what's gonna, what's gonna accomplish the mission best. And we both kind of have skills that kind of translate into other, the other person's been sometimes. Sometimes there's things that you might think that, well, a woman's going to be the person that's really going to be good at, um, you know, uh, the groceries or something like that. And then, you know, I'll come up with something and she'll say, you know, and she'll say, eh, that might, that might actually work, you know. Sydney's over here making faces. Yeah. So. Hello. Well, it's the groceries is, I'm gonna have the, to tap up the groceries is not the most apt example, but, but, it, but it will tell you <laughs> what, what I do mean. What I do really mean is, yeah, what do you mean? there's a lot of stuff that I do that, um, I mean, we talked about this just a couple of days ago. Like I'm basically a single dad Monday through Thursday. Yeah. So I have to do all those things. Sydney calls in because as you know, your public will know Sydney works in Sacramento Correct. Monday through Thursday. Pros and cons. A lot of pros to having the breathing room. We, um, when she gets um, to Sacramento Monday nights, that's usually a night that we're on the phone for like an hour and a half to two hours. I'm trying to go to bed. Right. And we're talking. and it's, So, you know, but the, but the, as far as the ground game, it's me picking the kids up from school, me taking them in, me doing homework, me getting them to their events, you know. That's something that you might say, okay, why isn't your wife participating in more of those things? In fact, very often when you're out in the world, as you know, with young kids, the society ex expects you to be like, hey, where's the woman here? Well, how come she's not taking them to Correct. dance class or jazz class or something like that? Okay, well, I have to jump up in here because it makes it sound do. like, you please know, do. I'm absentee. Four so, days a week, that's all. That's, that's, that's only okay, so that's not true. Time. That's not true because Sunday night, so I go up to Sacramento on Mondays. But Sunday nights, I'm cooking for two nights of meals. I try to come home, you know, in the middle of the week, right? So that everybody sees my face and I could put eyes on you. And then I fly back up on Wednesday and stay until Thursday and come back. So we try to make that happen. But going back to your original question about roles, you know, I would say that my role really is to love Austin and to support him. And that may look all kinds of ways, mm -hmm. you know, and that may, um, examples may come in non-traditional and in traditional ways. So traditionally, you know, cooking and doing the laundry, you know, making, um, well, doing the groceries, you know, making the bed, kind of some of those more traditional roles that women carry. Mm -hmm. Non-traditional roles may require that some days he's doing those things and I'm going out, you know, speaking and being present and showcasing, you know, 
you know, intellect and perseverance and resilience so mm-hmm. that when he's going someplace, he can say, he can pump his chest and say, you know, this is my wife, this is my woman, and she's representing, you know, for this family and also for the constituents of her district, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, but I think at the end of the day, I wake up and I go to sleep every night thinking my number one role is to love him mm-hmm. and to honor him and to support him as a black man in the United States of America and to let him know that I'm going to always be here for him to lean on because my success is really predicated on his success. True. Well, both of you guys' success is predicated yes, on each yes. other. Yes, But I mean, that's part of being married. I mean, that's part of a couple. Yeah. You know, like if, if he's not well, I'm not well, right? So Correct. I feel like my role is to be healthy and well for him and to love him. So now the, the current situation not situation, but the current state of the relationship wasn't always as such in terms of distance. You just recently got this job, Sydney, where you have to travel. How has that been, like dealing with that from both Austin, your perspective, and then Sydney, yours? Because Sydney, I know you are going after a dream that's something that's very Mm -hmm. dear and near to your heart. Austin, you may probably be more used to the traditional setting where the wife is in the house constantly. How do you guys keep the closeness, even though that there, there's this constant space that occurs week after week, mm. even though you know she's coming on the weekend, but there's still that gap, that, mm-hmm. un, that unfamiliar gap as it pertains to a relationship mm-hmm. that you're not accustomed to. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanna hear the man's perspective and then the woman. Mm. Well, you know, it's, it's almost like um, I would think of something like a, like a rubber band, like the longer, the, the, the further we are apart in distance, it's almost like the tension in a good way, like the, 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 I don't know, the, the energy that that's kind of created by that is kind of grows. So if you took a rubber band and like pull it on two sides, there's more energy than there is if it's just kind of focused in the same locale all the time. Mm-hmm. That energy is kind of like what is kind of tethering us to to get back, you know, so even though there's that actual physical distance, we are sort of very conscious of that distance and we're very aware of what, you know, what it could be or how it could be looked at as, you know, challenging or problematic or a bad thing. And then we sort of like fill that, that space in with like, well, what, what are we trying to do? What are we, how are we going to accomplish these goals and objectives, these things that we, these ideas that we want to do. There's so much real happening all the time. Real things are happening in my law practice. Real things are happening in her world that we sort of are always having this exchange anyway. And so on the one hand, that's sort of that, the, that energy that's created does actually sort of pull us back together constantly because we're like mindful of it. And we're right. like, okay, we have to do something about it. And, and the other part really is, there's um there's some there's uh, some strength in that there's um uh i was saying earlier you know it's almost like a chance to like breathe a little bit you know uh which i didn't honestly expect at all when I, we first I, went into I, this i was like no nah, this is not gonna work oh, how no. is this gonna like, no. you get ready to go it's what? 450 right. miles away um, many days, and then the schedule doesn't just end on on you know when she comes back on Thursdays. It's 
a Thursday night event. It's a Friday night breakfast. Right. It's a thir- it's it's all kind of stuff happening um, all the time. You so, don't be home anyway. You be working. No, that's not true. I have to work now more than I ever had to because I have to the time that I had to spend with the kids during the week um, extends the. Um, I, I have less time in my practice, so I gotta kind of answer that bell once she kind of taps in. It's like okay, now I gotta get clients through clients through cases through you know prep for different things so yeah it, it definitely um intensifies you know the kind of like and basically but, but it also makes more efficient mm-hmm. like what my schedule is you know because this kind of has to be condensed um to to take up things uh where i would have kind of like spaced it out over right more right. time mm-hmm. i didn't give any context to the audience austin is an attorney Sydney. And yeah. Austin's a celebrity yes, commentator. Austin. Well, no, actually, no, both of you guys no, are celebrities. No, no. Let's, let's keep it 100. <laughs> you both are. You both are celebrities. You listen to the show, don't say celebrity. That's like, translation of hot mess. I had a celebrity, I had a celebrity in my office yesterday, and I was like, this is a hot mess? <laughs> and Sydney is at your state assembly? Yes. So, just so you guys know yeah. that this... You have a power couple. Um, are you shaking your head? No. Yes, I'm agreeing. No, I'm uh, agreeing. Oh, yes. Very <laughs> solid power <laughs> couple. You were shaking your head in the wrong direction to be I agreeing. was shaking my head. <laughs> uh, uh. You weren't nodding your head. You were shaking your head. <laughs> Shake. Relax. Nod. Relax. SMDH. Okay, Sid, you're up. So, you know, I would say that I think um, it, you know, before I took this job, I was, um, we were doing kind of the regular thing that most couples do. Uh, everyone's home at night. Um, and you know, you get up, you go to work, you come home and there is something to be said for that. The consistency of being able to sleep in your own bed every night, you know, with your husband, your spouse, your partner and the routine. I would also say that we are, um, you know, type A personalities, Correct. we are highly competitive um, and almost shark-like. You know, sharks, they say they mm-hmm. never sleep or they sleep with their eyes open. They're mm-hmm. always moving. And so we both have that, uh, those personality traits where we're always kind of looking for the next thing, the next thing to accomplish, the next obstacle to overcome. And I think we are excited by challenges. So not to say that that nine to five, you know, work, consistent life, routine life was boring, but I do think we kind of get excited about kind of new challenges. And obviously for me, running for office for a statewide office was an incredible challenge. Um, and I was humbled to, to have won 70% of the vote, woo woo. Um, but that's humble right there. Right. <laughs> but the downside is obviously <laughs> <There we go. laughs> whatever. Yeah. But the downside is, you know, the 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 three days, the three nights a week away. So I think as a result, for me, it's required, you know, to Austin's point, a higher degree of efficiency uh, in the time that we spend together down here. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure as soon as I, you know, get home that I'm 
about the family. I'm about the house. You know, I'm checking to make sure stuff is as it's supposed to be. You know, I'm checking to see like if the laundry, if it's time for it to be done, you know, I want to, you know, touch on, you know, my husband, I want to get a sense of exactly, um, you know, what's going on with him. So I realized that I'm not interested in wasted time. Mm -hmm. Partially because it took me so long to find him, you know, um, and I love him and want to keep him. But then you also realize that in the scheme of things, we really don't have that much time on this earth. Correct. And so if you are really about the business of, you know, loving a black man, of caring for a black family, of raising black children, you know, of being a successful black woman, of, of sharing your voice with others, of finding other folks to mentor, of leading new folks and other folks, you know, into this work, you have to be very strategic and efficient with your time. Correct. So I try to look at it like that, because if I kind of, you know, wallowed in the fact that I'm not home three days a week. I'd probably go crazy. Um, and we'd have far more, you know, arguments and challenges than we have. Mm -hmm. You know, I find that we, we realize just how compatible we are, you know, and when we, yes, yes, yes. And that we're fighting for the same things. And when we're sad, it, we're sad for the exact same reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because while we are also very similar in terms of our, need to compete and to, you know, kind of win and to keep moving. We're also really dependent on one another. Okay. You know, like we get our energy and our strength physically from being close to each other. So it's like, how do you replicate being proximate to one another when you're not always proximate to one another? Right. Right. Do you guys agree with that baby? Uh, Well, you put a a nice little spin on it. I mean, it's like, um, (laughs) you know, that was like one of, one of her um, speeches on the stump, you know, where it's like, <laughs> here we I go. Stand for I stand for equal justice for So here's a, here's, here, here's a question. Do you guys <laughs> believe or subscribe to the idea that roles should be um, fluid, assigned based on gender? Fluid. That's what I was going to, that was going to use that term when I thought earlier, what are roles, gender? There's obviously some things that, um, Maybe because how we've been reared that, you know, um, that, that Sydney does better than I do, that I did do better. And that may have been a lot of the way we were raised, you know, at that, during that, t- during that time period where. But that's not gender based. That's more so of cultural. just yeah, cultural, cultural upbringing, yeah. socialization. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. It's not gender. I make better burritos. Right. And I think that it is. But she, um, but no, in, in terms of like how we look at the roles, I feel like a lot of that has kind of just been abandoned. I mean, I really will. And, and maybe it comes from a subconscious or an experiential place where I'm, I might be actually thinking about, well, you should be doing this because, you know, you're the one. Why am I doing this? You know, but I don't to the extent that that idea that that, you know, that position ever shows up. It's it's a, I can immediately look at it myself and go, but what's the mission? What mission are we on? You know what I mean? Like what what can what am I doing to to fulfill our purpose? Like we we have defined outline purposes in our relationship. Like we want to be in particular places. We want to have certain kinds of a, of we know what we like to do, and we know that what we like to do is probably not very ordinary. You know, yes. so we know that. Um, 
we're probably our own best champions to define it and to understand it and to and to make it work to make you know to reach these these places that we want to get to so that's why she's very much my confidant you know i can share tell um you know be vulnerable you know all that is just self-contained and so that's why the, the roles have become much more fluid i mean you would probably think 30 30 years ago maybe it's recent history mm-hmm. unlikely for even you know as we've seen the big change recent changes recently for a woman to be an elected official working away from the home in the capital with kids in the house. I mean, that would have been right. very unusual, yes, you know, yes. uh, very unorthodox. Um, but today, um, thank God, it's not that unusual anymore. And, you know, and, and it, it does do good for us to, like, have her in that arena. What she brings back in terms of ideas and experiences and conversation mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just positioning um, helps us a lot. You know, it's like, I want to hear about her day. Every day, I, every day I want to hear about her day, you know? And um, sometimes I want to hear about my day, too. <laughs> I want to hear about your day. I want to hear about your day all the time. Yeah. But I would also so say... Yeah, hello. Hello. So here's another important question, I think, that um, couples are challenged with. How do you guys deal with emotional responsibility? Hmm. What does that mean? Is Austin responsible for your emotional state? Mm. I love that. So I will also add um, that there's also comfort in traditional roles. Okay. So. Because it's familiar? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it's cultural, it's historical, Mm -hmm. you know, it's legacy, it's familiar. So the man does expect a woman to cook. You know, really, you kind of do expect the woman to... If your mother cooked. That's right. And my mother cooked. That's right. Your grandmother, your mother cooked. I mean, all those things. And so if that is carried down, those are expectations that a man has. They're probably expectations that a woman has if her mother did those things too. Or if her father did. That's right. Or grandfather. That's true. That's true. And so I think there's some comfort in those roles. And I don't think there's anything bad with those traditional roles. And in fact, I think when couples might be stressed or if something is going on that's challenging, probably reverting back to some of those traditional roles Mm -hmm. helps to kind of pacify, you know, or stem, you know, some of the, the freneticism or, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the SAT word. Yeah. Ha ha ha. (laughs) So, you know, I, I think, so I don't want to put that down because like, I don't think that women should be men and men should be women, vice versa. I know when I'm feeling sad or feeling like I'm not doing enough, I do revert back to those roles because I, I know that that's something that comforts him. Interesting. You know, he wants to have a home-cooked meal. I want to cook a home-cooked meal. You know, I like my food and I know he likes it and I know that that makes him feel good, right? What's wrong with that? That doesn't mean that I'm less independent or less, less self-sufficient. So Mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, something to be said for that. Um, and it's kind of finding what that tradition and what that familiarity and what that comfort is for each couple. Mm -hmm. He's not responsible for my emotional state. I may put that on him, you know, and there are probably times when we're having some, you know, argument or some tension and I'm like, 
you know, you know how you made me feel blah blah blah. She always tells me, she says, You can't solve the don't try to solve my problem. Don't try to solve my emotional state. You know, I mean that's I think that's not uncommon with like a lot of you know, um, relationships where like a man is like, or one party is trying to like, well, let me solve it for you. Let's, let me get this back. Let me get you back. And she's like, you can't solve my state. Well, right I now. think by default, men are we're, we're problem, problem solvers. solvers. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're problem solvers. Yeah, and, so, and so and when you women don't talk, with no emotional drama. So right. you're like, what am I gonna do? So how do I fix it? Right, right. How do I right. get that? What's the solution? Right. And now at the, at the same time, you were talking about roles. You know, Sydney can actually very deftly switch to like um, being. You know, um, a problem solver, a logical thinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's honestly the one of the things that I just thought about it now that kind of um, kind of carries us is how Sydney can really revert or not revert to, but just she can be very logical and very methodical and very solution oriented. Okay, and so that's where it's like I don't, I'm not, even though she's you know can be highly emotional too. And highly empathetic and highly sympathetic and, and, and invested Crazy. in that part. Yeah. <laughs> she can also kind of like switch that and be like, okay, so what's the solution? Okay, well, we're going to get there. And then now we're like, then we're driving in the exact same yeah. car. We're like, you guys are feeding off yeah, each, yeah, other. each other. And then, and then, and that's where that efficiency comes in. Like sometimes she just, that's okay. the role she's not just um, okay playing, but good at, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's good at it. Okay. Well, because my thing is, you know, he's really busy. You know, and as, got, as you are, yes, too, yes, he's got a lot on his plate. And so, you know, if there's like a wrinkle, we can dwell in the emotional abyss and it's all about the feelings. Yes. That takes too long. Anybody got time for all that? It's you a know, lot of energy. It is a lot of energy, wasted energy. Or you can go right to, you know, I need to apologize. I need to listen to you. You need to know that I'm hearing what you're saying. We have to move out of this space and into solving the problem mm-hmm. or acknowledging that we have to agree to disagree and decide if that's okay and then move on because nobody has time for that. You know, Dwelling in we, you just don't. Space, He's yeah. got so much on his plate and he's trying to slay so many dragons. I am too. And in the process, we're trying to raise two African-American children right. and make sure that they are well-presented um, you know, for this life. So who has time in this relationship to be trying to tear the other person down or weaken them or make them more vulnerable by like throwing them into this emotional abyss that at the end of the day, isn't accomplishing anything except making one person feel good and one person feel bad. True. True. Raising the kids, what, who, out of the two of you, who sets the parenting style or was the parenting style already established? Well, so I'm a step-parent, so I'm not the biological mother. Um, and so out of respect and deference to the biologicals, mm-hmm. um, I think Austin, <laughs> I, Austin <laughs> sets the tenor of um, the parenting um, in this house, but, uh, you know, I'm like on the team, I jump in, I do stuff. I mean, I do, of course. you know, I do stuff. I have my relationship with them, but. Well, you know, I mean, I, so I, I didn't grow up. I never had a step parent growing up. I mean, I'm, my parents are still together this day, married over 60 years. So. Um, they had a little anniversary same party. Here. Yeah. Same exactly. 
And so I never anticipated, understood the idea of what a step parent would be. And my friends had, many of my friends had step parents. I'd be like, oh, that was just kind of a mystery to me how that really worked. Um, but what's really uh, amazing about it to me um, is that the step parent, if they're if they love the children and they care and they're, in, in, you know, they have some stake and they, they place themselves in the children's place and have a stake in their outcome. And, it, and that's just a question of your value system, which Sydney has done. And, and, and that's how she lives. Then the kids actually um, almost respond. They, they respond very well to the step parent because there's this level of like transparency, um, not posturing and, and in a way they can kind of like let their guard down just a little bit around more, I think more than they do with me, right. you know, as far as like sharing and laughing and talking. I mean, they get to call her Sydney. They call me dad. They call their mom, mom who's living elsewhere. But, um, you know, all that is like a way of like, um, adding something to the way they're going to, uh, engage the world. And I think that we give, we, we're trying to give them, you know, um, an example, a template, but also freedom and encouragement to kind of take risk and go places. And I do think the, the step parent, biological parent paradigm, it, it can work. It really it can be really yes. effective um, in a way that I didn't understand until I see it happening. I mean, our kids, I feel like many parents say this, but I feel like they've they're well adjusted. They mm -hmm. sort of like what we do. They like the dinners here. They like the places that we take them, they like the, the way we have conversations, you know? Um, and the fact is you become a step parent for a reason because you weren't functional with the so-called biological, biological parent. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that part being out of the way, it's an opportunity, a step parent to, you know, to, to really foster something that is of your own design. And you really, the other part is we just know, say we should, purposeful. We Cindy, should say co-parent. Co-parent. Co-parent, not step-parent. Right. right. I, know. Right. I know. I said it. How do you guys reconcile differences, though, with the kids, if there are any? Beat them. No, oh. No, 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 no. Not reconcile the differences with the kids, but... That was a joke. ...with, with one another. <laughs> Don't call DCFS. Oh. We um, talk. Yeah, we, we talk. We talk all talk. the time about because, it. Yeah, because, like, in certain ways, you know, there's a little bit of, like, hesitation by the step-parent. Like, can I, you know, say mm -hmm. something harsh to them, or are they going to be too... And, you know, on the one hand, you're like, go for it and do it. It's wide open. And on the other hand, it's like, yeah, wait, wait maybe that should be something I should be saying, you know. So there's, there's that. But ultimately, I feel like it, the way it plays out is just with um, I got her back. She has my back. And then the kids have one another's back and we have their back, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like the concept still becomes like we really are trying to help y'all even though y'all don't get it and so that's why that comes in. let's be clear i know i'm rolling my eyes i know, yeah, eyes. Yeah, I know. you're I trying to make it sound there. like i was looking way over there and it's like a damn pinata yeah, in the background I... well you're trying to make it sound like it's leave it to beaver i mean we've got average kids and the beaver was average what about uh what's his name down the street andy griffith no the boy that was that chewed the gum all the time and he kind of had an attitude Okay, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. What are you talking about? Like Eddie, little Eddie Haskell. Haskell. Okay, I don't know. Eddie Haskell, leave it to Beaver. Okay. He was kind of like a little, you know, he had a little rough side to him. Okay, well, so what I meant was that, you know, average kids are kind of all about, you know, getting what they want. You know, kids okay. are, they just want to do what they want to do, right? Average kids do that? or yes. spo I, That's not a spoil? That might that's be too. All kids. That's all kids. Trying to get what they want. All kids. Mm -hmm. All kids. I want my And so they, 
like in any household are trying to play a you know an adult against another so that ultimately they yeah. can you know get mm -hmm. what they want out of the deal so we have that <laughs> so i think one of the things that we do is we kind of communicate all the time about stuff and i recognize my role and sometimes my role is to um allow them to be a little more vulnerable or honest with me because the uh, repercussions or the consequences are going to be very different than if, if they, they were dealing that exactly right. to dad and he is the disciplinarian in um the household, right? He's like the the front man for the discipline. Maybe I'm behind the scenes with the discipline. It's good cop, but bad cop. It yeah. is. Yeah. And so we talk constantly about, well, who said what? If they said this, if they said that, and what should we do? And I think we kind of share our own background of, of being parented and being disciplined mm -hmm. to kind of find the sweet spot. And, you know, as you may expect, we were raised very similarly and the expectations of us were the same. So it's not like your mother lets you do that. My mother didn't let me do that at all. I mean, we don't really have that. So I think we, we rely on that to help us. And there's a yin and a yang in terms of, you know, how much to let them do. Because mm -hmm. ultimately you want to raise independent, self-sufficient young people. Correct. Who are, dedicated to mm. finding out who they are and being the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so the conflict that I think we, like most parents has a, have is how do you release them more and more into the world and have them stand on their own? Good point. Conflict that you mentioned, well, not as it pertains to kids, but just in general, do you guys, is there a system that's in place for conflict management? Or do you guys just deal with it as it comes? Are there agreements that are set or predetermined? You we know, have lots of sex. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. But you know, the other thing that I think that is that we kind of... <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, that's a podcast. <laughs> that's a different show. Uh, you know, but but I think that there's something that we kind of discovered. So, like, compatibility, it, 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 people have all kind of ways to define what compatibility is. But compatibility is this kind of, like, continuous resilience that you should have. I mean, that's, like, what... Compatibility is not, like, a short, like, specific thing. It's, like, all these places you can go to, and you kind of kind of... You can be in in a heated area you can be in an area that's comfortable you could be traveling you could be whatever and you sort of have this way of synergizing you know like coming together right so for us though we need conflict i think conflict is necessary and healthy and like important right but we fake our conflict that's what i was gonna say <laughs> well we're gonna we, get to that but we I, discovered, I <laughs> because we discovered this and we discovered that in order for us to have like a normal relationship, meaning like, a, like all like healthy, like a healthy, you want a healthy body, you want to have good vitals, you want to have good whatever, mm -hmm. right? Um, we need to inject some conflict into our relationship. Mm -hmm. So we invent arguments all the time. Or we end up like deciding, let's argue about something really stupid. Like you're going to park in stall three or stall seven. Why would you park in stall seven? A true stall three is right there. True story. We're like, what? Because it's right there. Well, I want you to know. So like, that's something, and then we like kind of get off on like just the having a heated debate about something that is silly, really. You know, literally, we were but, at 
with his sister parking <laughs> to go and into the restaurant. Nobody was there. There was like zero cars, and his sister gets out the car. She was like, "I got no time for this," because yeah. I was like, "Are you gonna park under the tree?" I can't believe you're not gonna park under the tree. I mean, and we went on for like four minutes. And so now, like, when you guys create these conflicts or you manufacture them, is there a time limit, or or, or how do you determine? how extreme this is going to get like, okay, we're going to, we're going to create an argument and we're going to really push the limits or are we just going to, because I'm sure there has to be some type of, I I know it's, I know it's in fun and it's in love, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, there's no real authenticity. Mm. So both of you know that, okay, this is not real. Well, no, but we, but see, the real is whatever you imagine it to be. Absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, And and what's real to you may not be as real to her. So in terms of really pushing the the limits or the boundaries, Mm. how is that determined? Like, how how far am I going to take this? We go far. I yeah, mean, they actually far. become real arguments. And I'm right. going to bring it home theory, and, yeah. Oh, and yeah. upset. We, and... we, we will. And then it's like, you stop and you're like, you know, this is really stupid. Yeah. But we do get into it. And part of it's mental gymnastics. Part of it, I think, is like, you know, are you how are you mentally wearing the other person down, forcing them to kind of think? I mean, I think there's all kind of that. Part of it's the sexual tension. Part of it's the um, the chase, you know, mm-hmm. the you know, chase of making it's someone also like, fight. The, an interesting thing is, you know, like conflict is like, uh, is, in a way, is like part is inherent in like conflict is part of caring to have conflict is to care to like Correct. to be mm-hmm. willing to like have to go at it with somebody is like another another way of showing care like if you never have a, a beef with your friends or your boys or disagree then you're like you're not even paying attention because mm-hmm. i'm sure like they're not interesting yeah exactly they're not interesting like a hundred percent of what you do is all good oh we never had you hear that you're like yeah you know so from a sort of manufactured conflict comes a deeper understanding of like where she really stands on certain things. It also becomes a, a, a willingness to say, I'm going to go here with you, even if it, it, it might seem, you know, uh, unimportant or uh, not really, you know, an essential kind of argument or nothing that really is going to like tear at the pillar of who we are. Mm-hmm. But you're still like, I'm going to go in on it. Like the same way you're going to go in 100% on if it were real, it's almost, it's a, in a way, it's kind it's of like, like a It's like when dudes practice. argue about, like, I don't LeBron know, LeBron versus, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Jordan or whatever. Like, but those arguments are a little different, mm. I think. I mean, I hear those arguments all the time. I know you do. And yeah, they, 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 personal. Well, a little bit. I mean, I think grown men are, it doesn't really get personal. It stays within the context of. But you're trying I to prove a more. point. Right. I, I know more than Same you. Same with us. I think it's like, you're wrong, I'm right. But, you know, to Austin's point, it's also kind of showing that I'm here, I care, I'm interested in you, you know. And it's kind of peacocking in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're showing your deafness. You're showing your ability to, like, be invested in something. Um, so I think there's some of that. And I think it's also... Because of the fact that the real conflict that we have, we are so precious with the resolution of those conflicts. Speak to that. You know, um, 
So, you know, you have these like fake fun arguments and then you have real things and the real things require complete presence mm-hmm. and understanding and sensitivity and empathy because at the end of the day, the, the solution, the resolution always has to be that the marriage is still intact. Mm-hmm. That is always the end game. And you have to maneuver through your conflict, knowing that you have to end up in that space. I can be very upset. We can have an issue with something, but I know that at the end of the day, the number one goal is to continue to be married to Austin and it is to continue to love him. So I have to be very circumspect about, I'm using lots of SAT words tonight. Very (laughs) is the wine, very circumspect about, you know, how I move towards resolution because what I can't afford to have when we're having arguments is I can't afford to do something that will break him, that will hurt him, Mm -hmm. that will wound him, you know, because black men are wounded every single day. Every time they leave the house, every time they leave, they're wounded. And the deepest wound I would, I would think would come from the black woman who supposedly loves you. Yeah. So I can never do that. I can never do that. So I think that's why when we have real conflict, it's, it's, you know, the space is far more precious. Both you guys being two leaders in life, uh, separate of each other, leading two separate different lives. How do two leaders come together to lead for one mission or one, one purpose? Well, you know, I think of it a different way. I mean, what I would say is that it's not that that two leaders become one leader and that that one leader becomes two leaders. In other words, it's kind of like this kind of folding of like what leadership is, because leadership is like um, connection. um, It's 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 um, collaboration. It's um, creativity. um, It's it's all these kind of, um, you know, behaviors and, and disciplines that kind of come together to make things occur, mm-hmm. uh, reach goals and objectives, make people go from point A to point B. So that when, you know, when Sydney does her leadership and she's literally in front of people all the time, being asked to lead, being asked to direct, being asked to guide, being asked to, you know, um, problem solve um, in, in kind of a different arena, that's that it becomes it's like you it's, it becomes like this sort of um, um, intersection that people use that word right now, but this, it becomes a sort of cross crossing um, where that leadership is not different from my leadership. And I'm learning from the way she does leadership and she's learning from the way I do leadership because leadership is, I think, at first problem solving and problem solving is what we are probably compensated best doing in this in this life game, this capital system that we're in, capitalistic system. So um, we, we, we end up like becoming kind of one in the same leader because the ideas merge, you know, okay. the methods merge. And um, it doesn't feel like 
a different kind of leadership. It feels like a same. And there's never competition between right. like, well, I, I think we need to go here. We need, I need to do, we need to do this. Right. Yes, there is. We're, we're, very, we're very competitive though. I mean, we're competitive in our careers probably. That, that, that's, that's a right. real thing. So like, does it come home between yes, the two of them? Well, yeah, it comes home, but it comes home in this way of like, well, I did this today. What'd you do? Well, yeah. I did this today. Do it. So we all know that, and, 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 you know, ultimately we're kind of like adding value to one another. Like Correct. if she does well, um, I have to be able to want to represent my my part of the equation and go, well, I did I did well too. I went out here and did, I did this. And so we don't, it's not like a, you know, there's no quantitative part of it. You can't measure it and go, this is what I did. This Because that's really always intangible. But, but what we, we don't do is we don't put them in buckets like at the end of the day and say this is what i did what did you do like you didn't do that yeah. right you guys like, are not, you're not a man racking up you didn't do that we don't no. do that no. we never do that but when it comes to decisions for you guys or for the house in terms of leading with regard to that is it well i think austin i think we need to you know spend x amount of money on this and sydney is like well no i think it how do you guys reconcile those differences and who takes the lead on those differences? Cause those are, that's, that's important. So I think, you know, I think we fall back in some two traditional tropes with that. So, you know, there are some things that I am not good at. And in fact, there are some things that I've learned to be better at because of Austin. So, you know, finances, he's the one mm -hmm. technology. He's the one, um, kind of having some macro management thing. He's mm -hmm. the one. I think Austin's probably taking the lead on most of the operational aspects okay. of, um, you know, our family life. Mm -hmm. And I throw in the, you know, the esoteric, maybe the psychological, you know, I kind of throw some of these things in. I think to kind of help flesh out a decision or to make sure that the decision is the right decision and that it's been vetted. But I think I yield because he's better at it in many of those instances. And but, then but when I do try to yank it back and stuff be going sideways and he's like, see, <laughs> that's why you don't need to be doing that. Probably in those big categories. <laughs> but the other part of those big categories is like what Sydney maybe underestimates about herself is that she actually brings a lot of resources. So she will put you in, in the room with people that you were like, hmm, I didn't think I'd be meeting the GM of the Lakers right. tonight, you know, but here I am having, you know, dinner with him or cocktails with him or whatever, right? And because she's so fearless and like, and really relentless, maybe not as much fearless as relentless in like going out and meeting people, going out into, into the universe of how all this big massive city and this county and the state um, how it's all really linked together and who are the common people that, that, um, that run this place or that participate in, in, in spaces that we want to be involved in, whether it's, you know, um, a community service event, whether it's a charitable event, whether it's a business thing, she's knows someone in all, in so many circles. Mm -hmm. So that matters, you know what I mean? Yes. Not just because, you know, you, um, you, I'm going to borrow a quote from one of our friends, you know, you are the average of the five people with whom you spend the most time. Right. Um, that, that part is you, when you start spending time with people that you admire or you can say, I, you know, I, I respect the way they run their program. I respect the way they run their game. Then you start to gravitate toward them. That is a tremendous 
resource and an mm-hmm. actual it's, it's much more than than esoteric or you know sort of just um they're intangible light. yeah they're there it's an intangible tangible though because like okay now what are you going to do with that opportunity yeah so it sounds like what i'm hearing is the two of you recognize strength and strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. within yourselves and are truthful not only with yourselves, but with one another with regard to those weaknesses slash strengths. And so mm-hmm. if it's a weak area, Sydney, like finances, you'll say, you know what? Hey, okay, honestly, take all the money. Yeah, I'm not the one. Take, take all the this. money. Yeah. As yeah, opposed to letting your ego get in, get involved. Take in. all the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wrong. That's that was so wrong. a funny thing. I, I should tell them about this account. She had this account. <laughs> and I said, I can't even tell, tell it. Tell it. Tell I it. said, how do you have $11 in an account? <laughs> like, that almost seems impossible. Like, it's not even a number over 20. Like, if you were to go to the ATM and like, try to put, they would not you can't give you $11. dollars <laughs> cannot. And I was like, I, I looked at the thing and she's like, oh, we got Jake. So she had this account in the bank and I was like, how did it even get there? What were you going to do? And this is not like some like, you know, CD that you like let die or whatever. This was like a checking account. Like, like I'm like, what was the next check going to be? Like, what was you going to write that check for? And it just blew my mind. And I was like, this is something That's that funny. needs. That's funny. Serious CPR yeah, was like, right now. Yeah, that I was did. a 9-11 alert. Oh, man. 911. He was like, traumatic. you got to sign all that this That was a over. traumatic event. I was like, this is not <laughs> But I said, that's why I married you, baby. That's why I need your help. Save me. Now, remind <laughs> you, she makes a very fine living. But I don't know how some $11 ended up in a checking account that she was using all the time. <laughs> Because, oh, I know why. Because our son was paying bills. And it was between, it was before the next check. And then we've done this before. And I'm sure people can be like, this. we've done this thing before. And I'm like, okay, this is what you make, right? This is what your bills are. Right. Where is the difference? What, 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 you see the difference, <laughs> right? You see the difference. So what happens to all that other money? Right, right. You know, I mean, you can't even know. This is what you make. This is what you need to spend. This is what you do. You had a P&L statement. Yeah, you had extra fluff. <laughs> your leisure. I, I forgot. Whatever. So here's the thing. Crazy. And then you still would have more than $11.30. So okay. So before I took this job, I had a job where I got paid twice a month. Mm. Okay. And then I got this job and you get paid once a month mm-hmm. in the beginning of the month. And so, uh, you know, so by the third week into the fourth week, you, it's like $11, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, when you're no used to getting paid twice a month. This is getting worse. I know, I know. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> just, you know. Okay. You, you, we go. There's a flow. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a flow. All right. <laughs> it's a it's flow. flowless. It's a negative flow. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's real talk. This is a real podcast. Mm. <laughs> is, is there a relationship <laughs> out there somewhere that you guys kind of look to and admire from afar? And if there is, what is it? Probably several. Yeah. Well, we're very lucky to have parents that we admire. Yes. We admire um, my parents. We admire her parents. Her parents are like kind of um, 
uh, a little bit younger than my parents, and yeah. so they they've been our travel. Well, they go to some pretty like unique spaces. Yes, oh yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, it just it just happens to be um, where they ended up. But um, but they're they're such a they're a great role model for us because they have a tenacity and a certainty about their togetherness. Mm-hmm. It's not. I, I am. I know it. <laughs> If it ever was questionable, it, it survived whatever that might have been because they are just definitely, they are definitively together, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's beautiful to watch because there's no like, you know, whatever is going on with them, whatever storm might be weather, there's never a doubt about this ship is going to stay intact. Right. This ship, this will be together. Um, and so that's a great thing to, to watch. My parents have had the benefit, I mentioned earlier, of a very long marriage that knows how to like re react and recover and um and to and to see like the and to just really support one another in a meaningful always consistent way you know like they have truth to their relationship so those seeing that you know growing mm-hmm. up and, and instilling in both cases still here with us in existence today um is remarkable and then we got some other cool couples that we have met along the way. We ran into some last week when we were at um, Freeze, uh, you know. Um, so um, that's where I think we see um, other relationships that that can can um, kind of provide us another kind of beacon of like, oh, that that light's still out there, and you know, it's it's a good thing, and it can stay that way. Right, Sydney. Yeah, I would say um, my parents, my mother, and my stepfather. So going back to an earlier conversation around kind of, you know, step-parents or co-parents, my role model for being a step-parent was my stepfather, Mm. um, you know, and thinking about the relationship that I had with him, which was different from the relationship I had with my father. You're kind of a little more hesitant Mm -hmm. to tell them the truth, you know, because you're trying to live up to their expectations of who you are. But with him, I could be a little more honest and vulnerable because I was really using him to help me figure out how to have a better relationship with my mother. Mm. Um, and so, so that's kind of how I've seen myself with his kids. But then as it relates to role models, you know, they have been married for 30 years and, um, there's a, a romantic wonderment to their love. I know that, you know, my mother is deeply in love with her husband. Mm. You know, sometimes I believe that she loves him more than she loves me. There's <laughs> certainly a different kind of love. As it should be. Um, as it should be. And to see that never falter and really evolve and deepen um, is beautiful. You know, because I think as black folks, you you want to be able to see those kinds of examples of of women really loving their men and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so I've used that, um, or I kind of look at that, look to that and fall on that with my relationship with Austin. I mean, I think it sort of, you know, helped me decide he was the one. Okay. Um, and it motivates me, you know, cause I'm emulating her. I think we do that with our mothers and our fathers. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, 
you know, me too. I, I too am going to find this wonderful specimen of a man and I too am going to love him and, and take care of him and be there for him and be his confidant. Um, and I too am going to be his rock and his soulmate and, and do all that, that I can to learn more about him and what's on his insides. Um, because I too want to spend my life with him you know, and watch him evolve into a better, deeper, more amazing black man. You know mm -hmm. I mean? And then I see that in my mother with my stepfather and it's beautiful. I mean, like when you can see, even with his parents, when you can look at two folks who are in their seventies and their sixties and their seventies, and they look at each other with love and they laugh and they have this other language that they speak and they, they speak in short form mm -hmm. and they finish each other's sentences that is beautiful that's what everyone wants that mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. and it just electrifies us me i at least and <laughs> it um but it you know and then you see how everyone else around them is intoxicated mm -hmm. by this dance that they have with one another and it attracts people like them to them you know i mean it, it attracts other people who are like in a kind of either want that or have that and that's kind of their orbit you know their mm. orbit consists of a lot of people who are really strong like them you know and um and and that maybe that one of those you know you know about this kind of stuff that like kind of the universal laws of attraction like their truth their truth their their way they live the way they carry it out draws other people who also have a truth mm. you know it doesn't really draw charlatans or people who are fakers or you know posturing it's like you see people around them who are like them and so then then you become sort of a tribe and a community of people like that yeah. and that's really when you know you know you've you're living a a purposeful you know um way in a purposeful way so like and i think so awesome was saying sometimes there are travel buddies and we you know meet them or we go with them because to that point, it's like, you know, they want to be with people like them and we want to be with people like us. And there's this kind of authenticity and there's this strength and there's a sort of understanding of one another. And you, you want that because you know that when you, when you come together, there's this, you know, kind of strengthening. And then when you leave, you're taking all of that with you mm -hmm. and, and you're able to kind of, you know, dig in more, you know, when you're doing the things that you're doing every day for your own work and for your own life. Are there any components besides the ones that you guys have already mentioned that make relationships great? Humor. We laugh all the time. Truthfully, not taking yourself seri ser too seriously. And I think, uh, I, I think of it, I, I use the word glue. Like you really need something other than we're just so in love and we are, we have kids right. or we're trying to buy a house. I mean, there's all these kind of things that you can kind of set up at this kind of like temporary um, ideas to kind of say, well, this is what we're doing together. This is so important. And they, they end up being kind of generic, but mm -hmm. the glue has to be something that you um, both are passionate about. You know, um, I, I think for us, we're both passionate about um, like the, the way our, work translates into lifting people up translates mm -hmm. into um a mission of kind of um educating saving um if that's maybe too great a word but but 
you know, putting people in positions that they may not have known they can be in because of circumstances that that preceded, you know, whatever left them somewhere. And so that that um, is another way that we kind of um, it's a, it's a, that is its own language, too, because we're like seeing purpose in in and how we can help people. Um, uh, particularly a lot of black people, a lot of people what they call brown people, um, you know, in, in the universe that we're in, um, we share a lot of that. You know, yeah. we see that all the time. We see the tragedies that happen. We see where a little bit of help will, will make a difference or some resources or some like a game being brought to them. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know, so much of like what is brought to um, uh, communities of color, black and brown communities um, people feel like, well, they, they can just take the leftovers. You know, you don't have to be super excellent. Don't give them the best mm-hmm. supermarkets. Don't give them the best education. Don't give them the best um, services. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll accept. And, and, and we're like, no, those services should be identical to or exceed services that people in other communities that don't look like that get. So that's kind of a place that we draw a, um, a common mission on. And I think that's another type of glue that it's unspoken, it wasn't like we we sat and say this is gonna be our glue. This is how we're gonna stick. But in the re, and then in the day to day grind, it, that's how it manifests. Well, I was gonna say too that um, it's also like it, we're self aware. We know who we are. Okay. I'm not like I'm not chasing nothing. He's not chasing nothing. What do you mean chasing? Like, ooh, who is Sydney? I'm trying to be like so and so. You know, I'm trying to have what they got. I'm trying to be like that, you know, real housewives. Mm, that, mm-hmm. like, no, we don't have that here. So I came into the relationship fully aware of who Sydney was, fully okay with who Sydney is, and very transparent about who Sydney is. Right? That goes right into my next question yeah. about your truth. Um, and so as you just mentioned, you have your truth and Austin has his truth that you guys had established before even coming together. And we're honest with each other about it. Correct. Now, having the truths as different as they may be, how do you guys, um, I guess, converge and come to one truth for the relationship? So, like, I think when we were courting... uh, that was the period of time where we were kind of revealing ourselves to one another. It's like, okay, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is who you are. These are the values, you know, this is, um, you know, kind of what I'm interested in doing. Um, obviously things like, you know, running for office kind of, if that evolves, but for the most part, when you have that kind of courtship process, you're saying, okay, this is me. Mm-hmm. And I'm 40 something years old, you know, so like, this is it. And if you like it, you know, if you like what you're seeing from me and vice versa, you know, do we want to merge and will this merge be compatible? And then with him having children, is it going to be compatible for the long term? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, daddy ain't about trying to go and jump with a whole bunch of women when he's also trying to raise kids. Right. And in that you have to be really honest, you know? So like for me, I had to be really honest, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be down with this guy and I'm going to be honest about that with him because you know, he's got kids and he's got some other responsibilities, but it is about, you know, kind of 
knowing your truth and being okay with sharing that with someone so that they know all of what they're dealing with. Correct. You know, and I don't think it's good to like, you know, hold some of the cards back. You have to kind of put the cards on the table. That doesn't mean you're like, Hey, all my cards suggest I'm perfect. You know, you're also like, I got some issues too. Here's some of my vulnerabilities. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be honest with you about them because that means that together we're going to take them and work through them. You know, and there's also another part of it. Another part of, of truth is um, faith, you know, um, and, and I, I don't mean it in sort of like the sort of ethereal faith in some entity, which mm-hmm. we do have, but it's faith in, in like the, that you have to be kind of lucky, you know, faith in, in, in luck kind of, there's, there's, there's a similarity that they're, they're kind of in the same, in the same kind of play in the same kind of field. And I say that because, you know, we know we're lucky, like all that stuff about courting and dating and vetting the person and knowing you're right. That all happens all the time. Nobody gets married. And is like, Oh, this is going to be a disaster, but it very often does become that, but we're lucky. We actually just happened to be lucky on top of that, on top wow. of what we did. Well, both of you guys we were, were prepared when the opportunity no. came. Yeah, but you could be with a lot of people and be like, it's all prepared, and we worked it all out, and we put everything on paper, and we saw counselors and stuff. Well, I'm saying prepared inwardly, mentally. mentally well, so I think we were lucky to find each other. Right. I, mean, we didn't, I was not setting out to get married. She neither. was not setting out no. to get married. I, yes, so I, there was a luck in just that... I met this person, I took this leap of faith with this person, and it actually worked out in real life. Like, so often that cannot be the but case. But something in your gut said, this woman is self-aware. Yeah, You but, know what I mean? So, like, yeah, it's all that, know, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah your gut. But people, people have guts all the time, and people have all this, like, oh, this is the magic wand, you know, whatever, no, the no. unicorn. But they're lying to themselves. But, yeah, but, you but know. Because they're also lying to themselves about who they are. They don't like, know. If but, you don't no, know but who they, you are, no. There's no. two people that cannot know who they are That's at true. the same and time. So you end up with a and, Right. And so, and there's court. two people who actually are more aware of who they are, and they just discover in the process of life or whatever that there's deep incompatibility or deep fissures that can't be mended okay. or boredom but, or but I think, whatever, you know? So I think that, though, more so speaks to with the ideas of what's true for a relationship, right. which is what I was you know, yeah. asking. Is like, you guys have your individual truths about each other. Austin, you have yours. Sydney, you have yours. But when you were in that courtship, you didn't know, I'm assuming, I don't know, but it was probably too early to determine the Austin, like what is your truth as it pertains to having a relationship or a, a, a strong marriage in Sydney? What is your truth as it pertains to that? Yeah. Well, I, right. I think you take a leap of faith and say, okay, if we get married, you know, there is going to be like this, but I think, you know, people get together for all kinds of reasons. Yes. Somebody had a big booty or whatever. Somebody was driving a nice car. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it was just feeling good for the few months that they were Correct. together. That doesn't mean that they, and we lie to ourselves all the time about who we are. We lie to other people. Uh, we, we do. Yeah, well, because you lie to yourself, you don't you, even know you, how to begin to tell the truth to somebody that's else. Right. You and can't. you sell somebody a bill of goods, and then they buy it, and then you trying to figure out how to continue to sell that to them, mm-hmm. and then that eventually breaks down. So that, I think, is not us. You know, yeah. you and one of the ways, one of the reasons I think why we are successful is because everybody was really honest about, you know, who 
they are who we were. And part of it might be because you've lived a life and you become okay with who you are. And I think a lot of folks have problems because they're not okay with who they are. They're trying to be somebody else. Very true. And they're trying to get comfortable in a skin that they're never going to be comfortable in. And they're trying to sell that skin to other people. Still luck though. Gotta be lucky. (laughs) No, I agree. I I do agree. There is some luck because the luck is the time. The yeah. timing. Yeah. Right. The luck that, isn't that, sustainable. That, that's the luck. You are we still lucky right now, bro? Yes, we stay Absolutely. lucky. We stay lucky because the original luck that happened was like, okay, these two the people. The dairy farm was the luck. These two people somehow in all the other ways that they could have had problems or whatever, this uniqueness, quirkiness, um, spontaneity, unpredictability, um, all that this sort of came together in a way that just well, works in all of its um, um, movement. I don't believe that. I believe the universe, you know me in the universe, I believe the universe brings you... Conspires to... Yes, it does. Now, you have to be ready. Well, what about so people who just have really crappy situations or like they the universe conspired against them? No, the universe wasn't active. They weren't ready. I think the universe also, I mean, this gets a little physical. You know, spiritual, yay. But, you know, the universe knows. God knows when you're ready. And God gives you what you need. So if you're not ready, you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff. Right? Yeah, but we, but God doesn't always... People will say, I believe I'm ready. People will go to marriage well, counseling in the church. What you believe and what is true. They what will you go to marriage things. counseling in the church and be <laughs> what you believe and, and what say, is real. yours is a good. You guys are ready. You've been through your 12 weeks. You're ready. Go ahead and do it. So we're going to run with timing. Luck. Timing. <laughs> yes. Honesty. Yes. With yourselves. Yes. Individually. Yes. And compatibility. Yeah. Because when you run up on the hot messes, that's because you're not ready. And you have to continue to go through all of that to help you get ready. Because something about you is attracting these hot messes. That's right. Yeah. But you don't know when you're a hot mess when you're a hot mess. But you're right. We got to go with that answer. I think some people do know when they're a hot mess. And they well, try to put some that, perfume that, on that, and sell that's a whole else. Another, that's a whole other another, podcast, ain't Yeah, it? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Last question of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of all of my episodes, I ask this question, and I call it a blank canvas question. Um, for you guys, I'm going to do it a little different. It's still blank canvas. The blank canvas is, imagine, and Sydney, I know, well, both of you guys are familiar with artists. You have a blank canvas. You have all these colors in front of you all the colors you want and need. Um, you've accomplished everything you wanted within your, you guys' relationship. You've made tremendous amounts of money, so that doesn't matter. The kids are grown and out of the house. And it's just you two. And on this canvas, you have the ability to design or architect, draw a picture for the relationship. What do you draw? Mm. Mark Rothko. Oh, here we go. <laughs> He's a very people don't know who that is. <laughs> exactly. I know, that's so sad. Well, his painting, his paintings are, are are beautiful. They're abstract, at least the ones but that we But this is your painting. I know. I'm telling you what I would model. Oh, my, okay. my, my painting that comes to mind when you from that question looks like a Mark Rothko oh, painting. Oh, looks like okay. Yeah, it's not. I'm not drawing Mark Rothko, but because I frankly don't remember what he looks like, but I know what his paintings look like. Okay. Um, and um, they're deep, 
strong, um, important colors that are just kind of in lines and patterns that may not, the top color, which could be like a bold, bold purple, may not even go with the kind of sort of sun orange at the bottom, but in the middle it might be a green panel or a, a, a bluish panel, right? And then those colors come together. So there's a sort of unpredictability and this excitement in the merger of colors that that uh, all have their own depth independently, but together um, have even more strength, you know? Mm. And they're just colors. There is no faces represented. I feel like that's similar to the painting that I would do of us because I, I, I do believe it is, there's a compatibility, there's a strength, there's a purpose, there's a tenacity, there's um, a, an in intelligence or an, in, you know, an intellectual kind of um, strength to them, you know, and, um, and an independence. So that's the painting I, I draw on that blank canvas. My painting is um, a working farm with a rolling green grass and a lake or a pond with ducks and geese and, you know, there are pigs and horses and goats um, and chickens on this farm. And, you know, that's how I want to retire with Austin. I, and, and I think of kind of peaceful, natural farm living um which is weird i maybe for two black folks from the city but um <laughs> you know just getting back to nature i i just it's something very um i don't know how to explain it but that's fulfilling yes. mm -hmm. fulfilling idyllic mm -hmm. i like both of those pictures they're great i want to honor you and guys we're not eating the animals yeah, no, no eating animals. Not eating animals. I want to honor you guys and, and salute you two individually and as a unit for the work that you guys are doing in the world, in the communities, the work that you guys are doing with yourselves individually, just as human beings continue to grow, continuing to grow and strive for greatness. And then as a power couple, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I have the deepest admiration and I'm always looking at you guys and like, okay, what's, what can I glean from them? What can I, what's, what's my takeaway? And I thank you both for being great friends to me, Austin, confidant, um, learn so much from you just, you know, as a man from a man, you're a man's man and thank you for your friendship. Thank you for doing the show. Yeah, sure. Um, this was fun. This was it was fun. it was an yeah. honor, yeah. pleasure. Sydney, you're the greatest. Do your thing, girl. <laughs> Someone said the day. Thank you for my salad. <laughs> <laughs> it was it yeah. was great. Hello. It was wonderful. Sure. I'm gonna have to come over more for some of these yes, cake meals same. because um, same. no meat in the house. Yeah, no meat. Hundred percent vegan. Hundred percent. So. Um, I'm going to give you guys the floor and the opportunity, one, to ask questions if you want to, mm. two, to give out your info so people can follow you, can, they can contribute to your campaign when you run, or you can tell them where to go, how to vote. Austin, if you, know, you need clients as an mm -hmm. attorney, 
obviously, and have at it. Well, uh, let's. How about we do for each other? Ooh, you okay. can find Sydney Camlogger at sydneycamlogger dot com, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you could also find her in two places. She's got spell she's, spell that for him, Sydney. K, Sydney is S Y D N E Y, like the capital of Australia, and Camlogger is K A M L A. L-A-G-E-R, Cam Lager. Um, so, and so Sydney can be found in two places. She is at the state capitol in Sacramento, Suite 405. They don't need to sleep. They don't need all that. I know. <laughs> yeah, I they just need a well, website I'll, I'll and Instagram. i just do myself. Yeah, baby. You could just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Sydney Cam Lager. Wow, that's simple. That's so modern. Yeah. People don't... Um, Go places anymore. Well, if you Twitter me, then you can, you know, direct message and I'll respond. And your, you can your Twitter handle is the same. Yeah. It's well, the my same. Twitter handle is at Austin Dove, <laughs> and my website is LosAngelesLegalServices.com. And I am your Facebook. Uh, um, my Facebook is my name, probably. Just look up Austin Dove. And um, and he's on CNN and KTLA and yeah, been on Fox and stuff like that before too. So yeah, those are you find me. Just Google Google me <laughs> or get you in will trouble. Find me and, and don't I get in will, trouble. I will bring fire. Um, I will try to help your family. Uh, people who may think that they can't don't have the means for like you know real strong services. We can do that for any, you. Any services are. Um, well, I'm a, an attorney, a litigator, a criminal defense attorney is my, my main suite. Um, but I have a lot of um, other kind of um, ventures that kind of go within that, uh, that are all focused on uh, the community, uh, the smaller and larger community, and helping people get um, from a place that might seem perilous or um, dangerous or uncertain to a place of certainty and safety and um, sometimes even um, recovery. Okay, well, so I'm working on a couple of things this year. I'm working on three implicit <laughs> bias bills. See about that competition, um, see? Yeah, I know. In the courts with uh, doctors and medical practitioners and also um, with public safety, and I'm doing an urban farming initiative uh, and working to close private prisons and to give parolees the right to vote. Beautiful. That's a wrap. Anything a else? Wrap. Blessing, no. my brother. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Keep cutting. Over and out. <laughs> After listening to Austin and Sydney's relationship wisdom, I now know I've been going about my romantic relationships all wrong. The level of intimacy and fun these two share is a model I definitely wouldn't mind following. At some level, we are all in search for companionship that can not only add value to our lives, but more importantly, I think we desire to share our lives intimately with someone. So if you have that special someone, consider yourself blessed and fortunate. And for those that are looking for that right match, don't fret. Keep being the best version of yourself every day. Take charge, lead up, and you will find that special someone. <laughs>